control. The sky is set ablaze in all its red and gold. The temperature's rising and the wind is blowing hot. We gotta turn this ship around before we run aground. We gotta turn this ship around before we run aground. You can find all our old shows archived for your binge listening pleasure. We're a podcast on Google, opposition Stitcher, research purposes. and iTunes, and, and there's Chris Ryan hey. chiming in. Hey, Chris, it's been a Good. while. I highly recommend the, uh, the catalog of Paul's for opposition research. That's right. Any of you, as I uh, gear up to run for the state senate, but I haven't declared yet because Chris tells me if I declare, I'm off the air. You're off the air. So I'm not declaring quite yet, but I'm gearing up to run. But meanwhile, all my oppo research people, you can find all my funny stuff on nhtalkradio.com to use against me in the and uh, I encourage hypothetical your thirty yeah. second ads. I encourage your opponents to to access the catalog. Make ads and then run them here on the station. Uh, that's right. Which uh, I'm telling them the same thing because I get a commission on anything I sell. <laughs> so if I can get all the people who are going to enter the primary to use use my stuff in their Oppo ads, and then I can get them to put them on KXL. Who knows? I mean, I might. You know, it's like Donald Trump. A little bit of self dealing <laughs> never hurt anybody. And I might really make out. Pretty soon, I'll be able to build a hotel, a gold plated hotel on Main Street. But meanwhile. Chris Ryan, this week, as they say in radio, both names, Chris Ryan, this week we finally started the public impeachment inquiries, the impairment inquiry. It ought to be, you know, it's it's all fruits. It ought to be impairment, impeachment, whatever it is, it's the, what did there. the Lev, yeah. Igor, Vladovich show because we're not just in Russia. Now we are also in Kiev, Ukraine. And and President Zelensky President Zelensky was talking with President Donald Trumpeltinsky. Trumpeltinsky says, Hey, it's not really a shakedown, but I'm gonna talk Latin to you. And the Latin I'm going to use is quid pro quo. It means this for that. And all I'm asking for is a little favor. Here's the flavor of the favor. President Zelensky, here's how it works. You want weapons. Boy, do I have weapons. We got the best weapons, best weapons here in the United States. They are very strongly weapons. We are, we are strong weapons, strong deep in weapons. They're the best weapons. My guys got the best weapons. And... I know you want them, but I want something from you. I want a favor. What kind of favor you are wanting, President Donald Trumpeltinsky, that I, in poor little country of Ukraine, battered by Russia and all my borders, can provide to you? Well, I'll tell you the favor I want. I want some dirt. It's very simple. Guns for dirt. You want guns? I want dirt. I want dirt on Joe Biden. Because jumping Joe Biden looks like he's in the Democratic primary, and, and I want dirt on Joe Biden. We get it through his boy, Hunter. It's all going to be perfect. You give me dirt, I give you guns. What's wrong with that? Well, President Donald Dombrowski, I better think a little bit about this because I may be playing in the, in the United States politics may not be smart move for Ukraine. Maybe I better go talk to senators. They will tell me what's really going on. Yeah, don't wait too long, President Zelensky. You want your guns? I want the dirt. Don't wait too long. That's that, folks, is the basics. That's that's all you need to know. President Trump 
wanted to trade guns for dirt. He wanted dirt on his political rivals. And, oh, by the way, those guns, folks, they were paid for with your money. You, the taxpayers of the United States of America, paid for every last bullet that the Congress had appropriated for the use of Ukraine to defend itself against the onslaught of Vladimir Putin. But, you know, Vladimir Putin is a great guy, according to our president, and who wants to stand in Vladimir's way? Vladimir Putin, yes, it is true. I am he and I want Ukraine. I do not want simply Crimea. I do not simply want a little bit of Ukraine. I want all of Ukraine. I want Ukraine back. I want to make Mother Russia the big empire she once was. I want Ukraine. So when President Vladimir Putin says to President Donald Trump, get out of my way, boy, Boy, get out of my way. Boy, get out of my way. I'm coming into Ukraine and you can't stop me. Donald Trump rolls over, kicks his legs in the air and says, yes, Vladimir, yes. So that's the story. And all of this has resulted in a public impeachment inquiry. And boy, the talking heads on television are going at it. You cannot find two more divergent views of what is going on in the United States political scene today than you can hear on the MSNBC, CNN, progressive axis versus the Fox, Breitbart, right-wing axis. There are two very different views of what's happening. So in order for anything to happen with impeachment, though, there is going to, uh, in terms of removal of, of Donald Trump, but Donald Trump's going to be impeached by the House. A, but there needs to be a situation where the American people are moved out of their collective apathy and care about impeachment. And right now you see you know, individuals who want to see Trump impeached jumping up and down with each thing that is said and oh they're owning them day in day out and on the right it's a conspiracy so the the it's american a, it's people it's not just a conspiracy it's a sham of a conspiracy a it's hunt. a it's a sham of a hypothetical witches. and you it's a witch hunt it's a witch hunt and a conspiracy you know it, so I can just I, finish I know point, just though? finish your thought, but I just want to say I, I, did, I was finishing my. I thought. know you were getting yeah. close, but I just want to say yeah. it makes me feel very Nixonian. It's a witch hunt and a conspiracy that has no meaning whatsoever. These people don't know anything about witch hunts, and I do. So, in order for people to move in the middle, there is going to have to be new information that is provided. And there's going to have to be news that comes out of this. So far, it has been basically just witnesses in person reiterating what's already been reported behind the scenes. That fails to – and I'm not speaking of the, you know, what people should think or not think or whatever. It's more of just kind of the process and how this works. News people want news. And if there's no real news – they're not going to really be as excited about things and they're not going to talk about it as much because they've already talked about it already. So the Democrats on the committee and also in the Senate moving forward as this heads to trial there, they're going to have to ask questions of the witnesses and find new information that folks are excited about and change the trajectory of this. Right now, as it sits, the President of the United States, Donald Trump, withheld Ukrainian arms for a a quid pro quo. And right now, the American people are not really that moved by that. Um, So whether it's right or wrong or a symptom of what's going on in our country, that's the case. America is split on impeachment at this point in time. 
And um, in my view, if Democrats want to remove the president, you have to offer an a la carte menu of items, including um, violations of the Monuments Clause, uh, obstruction from the Mueller report, and that has to be presented to the Senate. But it appears there's going to be a very um, slim scope that's just going to focus on you know, the conversation where the the president is going to be able to be ambiguous enough so that he is going to avoid um, the American people being up in arms. They kind of expect this type of a thing from Donald Trump, regardless of whether it's you know, it is wrong. There's no question about that. But there's an expectation that they hired this guy. He's not the best guy, and he's going to do this stuff. <laughs> Chris Ryan, you are a master of understatement. Yes, he's not the best he's guy. Not the best guy. We kind of figured that out along the way. He's not the best guy. But I have to. I have to say, I am. I'm entranced. I'm enthralled by the cynicism of what you've just said because. It displays, um, I think, the common view that fireworks are always to be expected anytime anything in politics happens or somebody goes on television. Now, I, I, I used to be a... Um, you hire a clown, you expect uh, a circus. So I, was an, I, I spent many years as an attorney. I was both a prosecutor of serious cases, murder cases, white-collar crime cases. I was a criminal defense lawyer. I defended people. And you know... Trials are not always loud, banging affairs in which all of a sudden revelations happen the way in my time Perry Mason finally skewered somebody and something big came, came out. What but happens this is, is, a, this is a trial and, in the court of public yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah. It's well, not hold, a, on, hold okay. on, hold on. So what happens is in a trial, the witnesses come along and they present the evidence and the evidence mounts up and by the end you sum up and you've got the evidence. Now, the reason I say it's cynical is expecting any kind of trial, whether it's in the court of public opinion or not, to contain kind of these smashing revelatory moments is, I think, a little far-fetched. Now, I don't know How that did nobody work? ever promised Nobody ever promised that. And if you if you look at the Watergate hearings in terms of the conduct of the witnesses and the atmosphere in what there. New things developed, which forced it, Nixon to resign and changed the entirety and, of and the. Because during Watergate, what you didn't necessarily have the wealth of behind the door preparation uh, that they'd had in this case. But what I'm saying is. Even if you look at the first day of testimony on Wednesday, you had a huge revelatory moment from um, Ambassador uh, Taylor when he disclosed that a member of his staff had overheard a conversation between the president and uh, the uh, the ambassador to the EU, Gordon Sondland, which had not been reported or disclosed before. The staffer for Ambassador Taylor had heard the president asking him about uh, the investigations and what was going to happen. Sondland telling Taylor that the president cared more about the Bidens than he did about the investigations. And by the way, the president then denied um, in a... Uh, press conference that he knew anything or recalled anything about that telephone call, and apparently that telephone call was not contained in either the original statement of Gordon Sondland or his amended statement. Now, it took a while for me to explain that and say it, but that's big news. So, in fact, there is big news coming out. 
But the big news is going to be at the end when the weight of evidence becomes clear in public, because I don't think a lot of people are, listen, folks are exhausted. I'll agree with you that everybody's exhausted. Trump has successfully exhausted the patience of the American people. And that, however, is no reason for letting the foundations of our democracy crumble. It's no reason for not pursuing impeachment. And as I've said, wherever the chips fall politically, this had to be done. He's got to be held accountable. No, I agree with that. Donald Trump needs to be impeached and should be impeached by the Democratic House. What I'm talking about is the fact that um, this is not going to be enough to move Republicans to remove him, because in order for that to take place, there's going to have to be a groundswell of support for impeachment across this country. And right now, we are not seeing that. And right now, I am not seeing the type of evidence and witness testimony which is going to lead to that. What is going to lead to that would have to be some sort of new information or extremely explosive information that makes an apathetic middle uh, interested in calling up Mitt Romney and Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz and saying, hey, guys, we gotta, you, we got to do this. we gotta, we got to remove them. Otherwise, they're going to be content to, to let the status quo sit. What I love about American politics, ladies and gentlemen, is that you can elect a crook, a mafioso like Donald Trump. You can elect an organized crime figure, Mr. Shakedown, Donald Trump. President of the United States, he can spend two or three years exhausting the American people with more, shall we say, piles of of, of distraction, of distraction, yeah, distraction than you can ever imagine. Nobody ever imagined how bad it would be that he would end up using the White House as his own private piggy bank. But there he is. It's his private piggy bank. And I hear my dog barking, which is my signal to sign off. It's off the record with Paul Hodes here on WKXLAM and FM, streamed live over the Internet at NHTalkRadio.com with my friend Scuppers the dog barking in the background. We'll be back after some messages from the sponsors who keep this great station on the air. I've been talking with Chris Ryan, the irrepressible, independent, curmudgeonly Chris Ryan. And Chris, goodbye. And folks, don't go away. We'll be back after this. Off the record with Paul Hodes here on WKXLAM and FM streamed live over the internet at nhtalkradio.com. We're a podcast on Google, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can listen to us day and night, anywhere around the world, around the globe, around the universe. Just plug in your personal digital device and uh, podcast us. That's kind of cool. And it's a great way for radio stations and radio people like me to be heard everywhere. And I'm really happy to be back talking about theater because it's something I know a little bit about, just enough to be dangerous, and something I really love. Who's here? My name's Chetty Davis. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to have you. So, Chetty Davis, 
First, before we get into what you are, you are the director of Sweet Charity, uh, which is the upcoming show by the Concord Community Players. And before we go any further, tell me if I got it right. It's November 22nd and 23rd. Correct. At the uh, Audi downtown. 7.30. And how can people get tickets? Uh, You can get tickets on the Community Players website, uh, communityplayersofconcord.org. You can uh, certainly call the box office um, as well, the Concord Auditorium. Um, and purchase your tickets that way as well. Okay. So now that we got that out of the way, how did you get involved? Where are you from? <laughs> What's your background? Tell me. Tell me. I, I want to know about you. I want to. I want to get deep down and personal first about the director of this show, and then we'll, we can talk about the show. But how did you end up in a recording in a radio studio with me talking about directing theater? Where well, are you, Where are you from originally? So I grew up in Texas. Um, I'm, I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas. Fort Worth, Texas. Yes, sir. Welcome. Thank welcome, you. welcome to Fort Worth, Texas. Big hat and big cattle, big buckles and big boots. Yeah. All the way, and, uh, and you left. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's you, but, too hot. <laughs> yeah, it is hot. Yeah, Texas, but Texas is big. The thing I like about Texas is the size of Texas, you know? And uh, what I like about Texas is the yellow rose of Texas. The yellow rose of Texas is the only girl for me. (laughs) Right? That's pretty good. Yeah. Her eyes are bright as diamonds. They sparkle like the sea. I'm I'm a little embarrassed. I don't know the lyrics. (laughs) I used to. (laughs) Yeah. Rain rain so hard the day she left. Something. The yellow rose of Texas is the only. Well, we'll we'll stop there. Something like that. So uh, how long did you stay? So um, I uh, grew up there um, from birth until uh, I was about 18 or 19. Then I started uh, dabbing a little bit in some summer stock and um, working in some costume shops and performing in in shows there throughout the summer. Um, Hold it right there. Yeah. Because I got a question. So when did you first know that that something about theater performing something about that was was something you were interested in when what was there a single moment was there a whole bunch of stuff was it your parents your grandparents your uncles your aunts your family what was it uh well so when i was 3 we um had moved from minnesota my dad was in the air force and um, ended up back down in Weatherford, Texas, which is a small town where my gra- my uh, mom grew up. And uh, from there, moved to Fort Worth. I have no recollection of most of that. Um, we started attending um, a church in Fort Worth uh, called Cornerstone Church. And they had a theater um, that they did productions and original works. And So connected to... A church affiliated with a church. was a theater. Yes. And they did original plays. Original plays. Um, a man, his name was Rich Peterson, um, wrote and did all sorts of things. Um, the first thing I remember seeing was um, Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe, and it scared me to death. I was about four. Um, but I've never heard of a theater <laughs> connected to a church in that way. Was it? Was it? W- the church came first, then the theater happened. Yes. And uh, was it the brainchild of of the 
the person whose name you've just mentioned? Who's um, you know, I don't know how uh-huh. that actually all came about. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know that um, Orlando Reyes uh, was the first pastor, and it um, was just a God had given him a vision of this whole thing down to the location. And it just sort of happened uh, from there. I, I do not recall the specific details of how the theater came about. Yeah. Um, I do know um, a lot of, of Christians that were attending TCU and in their drama and dance departments also attended that church. So it had a very large artistic. Uh, huh. So it had, by the time you got there, it had already had a it already, tradition. It had been going. Wow. Um, so there you are at four so I'm watching four, this show. Watching this show that... Um, isn't I don't think supposed to be scary, but it. Um, I do remember getting scared. Well, listen, when I when my mother took me to see Bambi, she had to take me out of the theater because <laughs> I was so scared. So no, you know when so you when understand. when theater or film or something has an impact on a sensitive person, you yeah. you know you you know there ain't no telling where no. it comes from, right? Yeah, no. yeah. Um, and I, I wish I remember what scared me. It wasn't the line, because I always say, hey, was it the line that scared me? No, no, no. Um, I, and, of course, my mom doesn't remember. Yeah. Know, of course, this being only 25 years ago. That's right. I think, you yeah. know, well, something should recall. I'm, I'm actually about to turn 41, uh-huh. which is why I'm chuckling inside. Yeah, right. Um, anyway, um, so I saw a show there. Um, was intrigued with the dancing and the singing and probably the lights and costumes. And um, I just out of the blue asked my mom if I could take dance classes and I was Lady Angela Tarleton um, which roundabout way is why I'm in New Hampshire um, allowed me to come take some classes and of course anytime a boy wants to take dance you know teachers jump all over it right um, and so that's kind of how I, I started mm-hmm. um, I auditioned uh, they were doing a, a musical called Christmas shop and I auditioned for that that was my very very first show and I actually couldn't read um, so they were a little hesitant but we promised that I would I would learn my part and what I ended up doing is I just learned everybody's parts and um, so I'm how sure, old were you uh, that time I was five uh-huh. I was in kindergarten wow yeah and so the um, bug bit you so early. It bit me early, and that I think it was just inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, you know, we have some singers in my family. Um, I have relation to Johnny Cash, somehow down the line, some twice removed. Great, I walk but the line. Yes, he he. Well, he rarely walked the line, uh-huh. but um, so it's just kind of it's in my family. Yeah, and um, uh, to my knowledge, I'm the only one who's kind of pursued it outside of you know regular norm high school and sure. then uh college um it's actually very fortunate to be able to start working right out of high school um i attribute that to being a, a male dancer uh-huh um who could sing and um d- decent at acting I don't, I don't i never i don't call myself an actor I, I call myself a dancer and a singer who who can convince you uh-huh. <laughs> well <laughs> that it's 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 good to have a trifecta well you know it helps yeah right so, did you go to college for theater? No, I didn't. Um, I was accepted to a university and ended up getting a job and figured college will be there if I ever decide to right? go back. Yeah. And um, that's just not where my path led me. Uh huh. So, when you um, 
were you working in theater professionally? Yes. Back way back then. Now, um, so my first professional job um, was uh, European tour of West Side Story, where I landed um, in the ensemble and was understudy for Bernardo. And unfortunately, he ended up um, injuring himself. So. I got to take on. I'm so sorry to hear that. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's a terrible thing. I had nothing when you're to do with it. Uh, yeah. I wasn't even in the state at the time. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was a denial. That was that was Jenny denying, denying, denying. It's always good to deny that you had anything to do with getting your big break. Well, in I, theater. I, I, I honestly, I, I wasn't anywhere near him. So, uh huh. Um, right. I was. I, I wasn't. I wasn't anywhere. Near, you know, the fact that the arsenic fell into his glass of water when I was across town had nothing to do nothing with me. Nothing to do with me. Yeah, okay. So you no. got your big break on a European tour. And yeah. and, uh, and uh, did he ever regain the part or did you just no, run I with it? No, I took over. Um, he actually um, he fractured his leg. Oh, I'm, I'm so, I am so. gen- I'm genuinely sorry to hear um, that. But I'm glad, I'm glad you got a, got a break. I did. Yeah. Um, and so getting that um, kind of, you know, was, that's kind of how I got my, I got my education in life yeah. um, with theater. Yeah. Um, so I was very fortunate to be able to do that. What else did you do? Um, I've uh, done a national tour of Ragtime. Um, I was on the second national tour of um, Fosse back in the day, which obviously that will lead into uh-huh. the, the love for sweet charity. Right. Um, I was very lucky to um, – prior to my big, big, big stuff, um, did some summer stock in Maine, in Brunswick, Maine, at Maine State Music Theater. Uh-huh. And that was kind of my introduction to New England. Right. Um, two summers there, um, back in early, late, late 90s and early 2000. Wow. I believe is when that was. Yeah. Um, now we're almost in the 21st century. Well, just almost. So. Almost, <laughs> yeah. So okay, so you got to the main, you got to the main music theater. Main music theater made some connections. Yep. Um, which um, you know, I I tell anybody that, especially the youngsters that want to get into this business, it's great that you're wonderfully gifted and talented. It has very little to do with that. You just have to land in the right place at the right time, and you have to be able to deliver when asked to deliver. And if you can get those two things to match up, then God bless you, because it, it, it just very rarely happens yeah. um, in hindsight. So, Chetty, how did you end up in New Hampshire? So after, New Hampshire. after national tours. National uh, tours, and, yeah. then, uh, and, then, and then those stopped. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I actually returned back to Texas, and I got involved in the restaurant business. Yeah. So I'm actually uh, I'm a level two sommelier. And I uh, was a wine buyer for some restaurant groups and kind of went that route yeah. um, for a little bit. And I just, um, I'd, I had intended to only take about a year off. And um, it ended up being 10. And I, the the urge never left me. And you just kind of feel empty when you're not doing what you're, what you're meant to be doing. Right. And, um so uh, Lady Angela Tarleton, who I had mentioned that was my very first dance teacher, um, her husband, um, Kevin Tarleton, uh, grew up here in New Hampshire. They met in Texas at TCU. Great love story. Mm-hmm. Years later, they moved back here to New uh-huh. Hampshire. Um, so 
Um, she's kind of was a, a second mom to me. Got it. Um, growing up, you yep. know, I probably spent definitely in the summers more time with her than than my mom, single parent, so she had to work um, to support us. And um, so she just kind of always had a, a special place in my heart. And um, you know, when I was trying to kind of figure out like how do I get back to doing what my, my I'm passionate about and all this and she gave me some great advice she said you know you you're, you shouldn't always do what you can do you have to do what you should be doing and and to to find some happiness um so that sounds like pretty pretty good life I advice. think it was great life advice yeah and um, yeah. and it's something that I, I will hopefully be able to share and and it will get shared and so on and so on because right I, I really believe that yeah um, there's there's a hundred things that I can do. There's about two things that I know I should be doing. Uh-huh. Right. Um, so I was invited up here um, by them for one summer. Um, they started a conservatory in Warner um, called KCPA and uh, to do their theater camp. Um, it's second weekend in July. It's New Hampshire. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's great days. Nice, so, cool nights. Back in the day... <laughs> Back in the day when I um, came to New Hampshire after law school, I just was just uh, newly married, just getting going. There was something called the Kearsarge Theater Company, which uh, was active in the town hall. Mm -hmm. And uh, I acted and directed. Um, My wife and I, uh, she was the choreographer. I directed Damn Yankees. Um, I acted in Wait Until Dark. I acted in in Three Penny Opera. It It was a big thing. It was about the same time I was doing things with the community players. Wow. So we've been talking with Jetty Davis, uh, the director of Sweet Charity, the next show coming up November 22nd and 23rd at the Concord City Auditorium by the Concord Community Players. This is Off the Record with Paul Hodes. We're going to take a very short break to hear important words from all the good people who keep the station on the air. And we'll be back with more Off the Record. Don't go away. We're back. It's Off the Record with Paul Hodes here on WKXLAM and FM, streamed live over the Internet at nhtalkradio.com. For your binge listening pleasure, we're a podcast on Google, Stitcher, and iTunes, so you can listen to us any time of the day or night and listen to our archived shows. They really are wonderful. They're filled with all kinds of fun and games and frolic. You'll have a good time. And we are talking with Chetty Davis. Chetty Davis, a transplant from Texas, who is a dancer, singer, actor, director, a man of many talents who has an impeccable taste in fine wines because in addition to his theatrical background, he is also a professional sommelier. You can imagine the exquisiteness of his palate. (laughs) His palate, folks, I can only imagine the nose and palate that is required for professional sommelierization. It is, it is something that I can only aspire to in my heart of hearts. I know a lot of people who like fine wines, but I don't know any sommeliers. I've now met personally my first sommelier, but we're also having a great discussion about Chetty's background and what took him from 
really a young age, auditioning for theater at the age of five, now to directing Sweet Charity for the Concord Community Players. It's a long and storied story. So if you missed it, if you missed the first segment of our discussion with Chetty, when we're done, you can go back and find it at nhtalkradio.com. So, Chetty, let's talk about Sweet Charity. Yeah. Tell me about the show and what uh, what really attracted you to this show. So, um, uh, growing up, Ben Vereen was a an idol of mine. Uh, I remember watching him on Sesame Street and Punky Brewster and... Uh, trying to figure out who this guy is because I, I idolized uh, him and, and still to this day do. He's he's amazing. Um, uh, studying him, I learned that he you know he worked with this director and choreographer named Bob Fosse. Um, so I started looking more into Fosse and and um, Damn Yankees has always been one of my favorite musicals and I didn't even realize that he choreographed Damn Yankees and that was his first um, Broadway production and. Um, and was actually the Mambo guy, and um, which I was able to do in high school. And um, so, learning more about Fosse, um, of course, you hear about the the big ones, Cabaret, Chicago, and I stumbled upon this uh, Sweet Charity, and I was like, "How do I know like Sweet Charity? I've never heard of it." Well, you've heard the song "If They Could See Me Now," "Hey Big Spender." Um, and I was like, so I've got to see this. So the first thing I did was watch the, the Shirley MacLaine version, the movie, um, which I thought was the most bizarre, wonderful thing I'd ever seen. Shirley MacLaine is bizarre and wonderful. Yeah. But, but also, let's not forget that the book of Sweet Charity was written by Neil Simon. Correct. And at the time, if I'm not mistaken, that Sweet Charity was playing on Broadway, this was 1966, Mm -hmm. Neil Simon had, at the time, four shows running simultaneously on Broadway, including Sweet Charity, which is something that no uh, author or book writer uh, is, as it's called in theater, the person who writes the words, Nobody's ever done before or since. That was no, it's pretty I think, extraordinary. I think Andrew Lloyd Webber might be the closest. Close, but, but no cigar. No cigar. Close, but that my science teacher used to say that all the time. <laughs> Whenever you failed a test, he'd say, "Close, but no cigar." That <laughs> was terrible. But anyway, so so book by Neil Simon, choreographed and directed by Fosse. Yes, um, this was actually a gift to um, his wife at the time, Gwen Verdon how it all came about and Fosse actually wrote the first adaptation of Sweet Charity and um, basically they said if you want us to produce this then you're going to have to find a writer because this is horrible uh-huh. and um, they were able to uh, talk Mr. Simon into to taking on the project and oddly enough um, you know Neil Simon fans this isn't their favorite piece of work that he's ever done hmm. um, I find the book fantastic I think it's hilarious um, uh you can relate to every single character down to woman with hat. Mm-hmm. Um, you just you know these people. How big is the cast? We have a cast of twenty-seven. That's a big musical. We've got a big cast. Um, it, it's uh, you, I've seen the the show done with as few as fifteen. It kind of loses its magic. Um, I think it was intended to always. Be a kind of a spectacle piece, um, you know. Be of course being written for Gwen Verdon, who was a spectacle in her own right. 
Um, great, why, why wouldn't you? Great dancer. Oh, one of the best ever. Really? Yeah. I mean, there's. It's hard to think of anybody in American theater who is is as storied as she is. I, I, I would be very hard pressed. Yeah. So give us, tell us, give us sort of just an outline for my listeners who may not be as familiar uh, with theater as 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 you are. Give me just sort of an outline of the story. What's it? What's it about? Kind of what what happens? Yeah. We won't we won't spoiler alert in only the slightest way. We're not going to give you every twist and turn, but tell us a little bit about the show. So you've got a woman who is a dance hall hostess. Aha. Um, and she is the she's a hopeless romantic, and she wants to fall in love and have a family and white picket fence. And so the show takes us on her journey um, of of her uh, trying to find love, and she runs into Oscar in a in a very interesting way, and they they kind of hit it off, and we get to kind of see. Uh, their romance and how that turns out. It's a romance. It it's is, a comedy. It is a romance. It's a comedy. All singing, all dancing. All singing, dancing. There's acting. It, um, our lead, Jessica D. I'm telling you, this is one of the toughest roles in musical theater for women. How come? Two and a half hours. You're on from the top of the show to the end of the show. In every scene. Pretty much. Right. I think there's one scene that she's not in, and that's wow. because they, she has to change clothes at some point. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> yeah. I need a break. I'm giving... So, I'm and, and it's to... not a lot. Yeah. Wow. So that's a marathon for a... It is a marathon. For a, for a dancer and singer, that an actress, that is a yep. marathon. It's... Um, I, I'm in awe of of anyone who, who can pull that off. Uh-huh. And... Uh, so the lead is is the name again Jessica Dees. And name. who else is starring in this production? We've got Jessica D um as Sweet Charity. Um we've got David Sheehy plays her love interest Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um there's uh cameos that for some some of you uh Concord community players fans uh, we'll recognize. No, the Concord community players don't have fans. They have junkies. Junkies, whatever right. you want to call them. Right. Junkies. A, there's some that are that are returning to the stage. Um, uh-huh. I believe it's been a while. Oh my! Uh, so we're excited to see that. Yeah. Um, we've got a lot of new people. Yeah. That are new to the players as well. Um, this is actually my second year of production uh-huh. uh, with the players. Yep. Um, What'd you do? So um, last year I uh, had the pleasure of playing Daddy Warbucks and Annie. Oh my! And um, so yeah, that was my. Did you shave your head? I did. Uh-huh. I actually um, had big bushy hair when I went in and auditioned, and Uh-oh. I hadn't shaved my face. And I was just thinking, hey, let's go audition. It's been a while. I wanted to get my feet wet. Let's let's jump in. And yeah. they said, hey, do you want to play Daddy Warbucks? And I said, I absolutely. I didn't. I didn't even cross my mind. Wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, how interesting. That's how, how uh, that's how I met the players. Yep. And um uh yeah, who else do we have? Uh Paula Demers, our president's lovely wife, uh-huh. is, is uh assisting charity in, in her dance hall. Yep. Um uh, does a great job. Um Norma uh, Nora always mis always mispronounce her last name. Uh McBurnett. Dermot. Uh-huh. Something like that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Nora, don't kill me. This is the third time I've done it. Um, 
Um, and then Hannah McCauley, they play Charity's Best Friends. Uh-huh. And they are quite a little pair. They're, they're, they're stunning to look at, but you just, you want to be their butt. How long have you been in rehearsal? So we started rehearsing in September. Yeah. Um, we rehearse Tuesday and Thursday evenings and then Sundays. Um, so it's actually a really quick rehearsal process. Um, a show like this, I would like six to nine months Really, to to really hone it in and wow. get it exactly. Well, you're where, a perfectionist. Where I want, I am, and a professional. <laughs> so, and so, it, but um, I'm I'm enamored with the cast and how well they've come together and they've they've listened and and also brought their own ideas and um, uh, which as a director I encourage. Uh, you know, I'm, I I had a a game plan going in expecting expecting all my cards to get jumbled around and messed up. Right, right. I love uh, having a group of people that are willing to participate um, because going into the show, you know, I don't know everybody. Yet. Right, And right. so I don't know sure. what personalities are going to bring. So in my, there's what's going on in my head, and then there's the reality. Yep. And, um, and if you let it happen, nine times out of ten, the reality is going to be way better than anything I could have come up with. Them. So who choreographed the show? Laura Hyde choreographed the show. Yeah, so that must be a challenge. She... Um, but she's a phenomenal dancer herself. Um, and when she found out she was taking on um, choreographing the show, she actually went down and, and took a Fosse workshop. And um, one thing I said to her, I said, it's real easy to copy. I said, we, um, we want to have a feel, and, and I think the music kind of calls for that, and people want to see it. Um, I said because so, Fosse has a style. It's a, it's it its is own a thing. recognizable style. You look at you know you can look at the you can look at the dancing in any of his shows and you really see a through line. You see the development, but you also see the through line of a Fosse style. Yep, you know exactly what you're looking at the right. second it, it happens. Yeah. Um. So but we wanted to to take that that feeling and and apply it to who we had. Um. You know, being a Community theater sometimes has, you know, the name has a certain connotation that comes with it. Um, but I don't, I've seen community theaters that blow away some Broadway shows I've seen. Um, so uh, you kind of never know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we've got a great gene pool uh, of people to pull from. A lot of people uh, that didn't think they could and they, they are surprising themselves. Um, one of my, my life's mottos is you only can't because you haven't tried. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so a lot of, they've stepped up to the plate and really kind of taken on the, the essence of the Fosse. Lara has um, created some beautiful choreography in the show, some fun choreography in the show. Um, honestly, it's worth it. Just come see the, sh- come see the choreography. It's, it's fantastic. Before we close, uh, we're talking with director Chetty Davis, the uh, sensationally talented director uh, lucky, lucky, lucky in Concord to have such talented folks here. Chetty uh, is in his second season with the Concord Community Players. He's the director of Sweet Charity, um, a fabulous Neil Simon book, Bob Fosse original musical, uh, November 22nd, 23rd. 24th. And matinee. 24th matinee. 2, 2 p.m. on the 24th. 2 p.m. on the 24th. What time on the 22nd and 7:30. 3rd? 7.30. 7.30 p.m., November 22nd, 23rd. 2 p.m. matinee on November 24th. It is the perfect show down at the Concord City Auditorium to get your Turkey Day 
jitters out. You can uh, have a great time. You'll probably burn off enough calories just watching the dancing and uh, having a good time so that you'll feel really justified when Turkey Day comes to have all the mashed potatoes, all the sweet potatoes, all the corn pudding, all the stuffing that you possibly could eat because you've seen Sweet Charity at the Concord City Auditorium. Chetty, thank you for joining me on Off the Record. It's always a treat to talk to folks who are doing theater. Um, well, thank you. We'll ha- we're going to be ha- happy to have the show in town. We'll be happy to have you back anytime. And uh, thanks um, for coming to Concord and, and sharing your talents with us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's Off the Record with Paul Hodes on WKXLAM and FM, streamed live over the Internet at nhtalkradio.com, where our shows are archived for your binge-listening pleasure. We're a podcast on Google, Stitcher, and iTunes, so you can listen to us day and night, night and day, night and day. So, don't go away. We'll be back to wrap up after these words from our very important sponsor. We're back. It's Off the Record with Paul Hodes on WKXL AM and FM, streamed live over the Internet for our quick wrap-up. Chris Ryan and I went at it tongue and groove, tooth and nail, hammers and tongs, talking about the impeachment process and the exhaustion of the American people. Donald Trump has just left us all breathless and withering. How can we keep up with the daily grind, the daily pile of stuff that gets thrown at us and is called the presidency? And we had a great conversation with folks from the Concord Community Players talking about the upcoming production of Sweet Charity. Don't miss it. It's coming up uh, next week, and you won't want to miss it. Go get your tickets and go see that great show. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more Off the Record.